Real estate is a great long-term investment. If you have a long-term perspective, it's really tough to lose in real estate. And if you start smaller, your risk is smaller, even though it's relatively low already. You kind of figure it out and then you build on it. And as you, with real estate, one thing that I've learned is, like I'm able to do quite a few different things because I've, I have years of experience with, you know, just learning one thing on top of another. Alan has started and grown several multi-million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod. I'm Alan Draper, your host. Today, I would like to welcome Sean Boyle to the show. Sean is a serial entrepreneur. He's the co-owner of Momentum Digital and Momentum 360. He also founded the Sean Boyle Podcast, which is a weekly podcast on entrepreneurship, investing, and lifestyle. Sean graduated from Penn State with a marketing degree and an unofficial minor in Spanish. From the time he was little, he knew that entrepreneurship was his calling. He just didn't know where to start. Sounds a lot like yours truly. Welcome to the show, Sean. Glad to have you. Alan, thank you so much, buddy. It's a privilege. So let's talk about, I really want to get into real estate and talk about kind of where you're investing money, where you think the opportunities are going to be. But before we do that, let's talk briefly about you kind of knowing that entrepreneurship was your calling. I think that's interesting because I think not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, entrepreneurs, we're a different breed. We think differently. We know that we're different. I had somebody that did a personality test on me, I think it was a month ago. And she said her summary of my results were that I'm basically unemployable. And I took that as a compliment. (laughs) So what what was it that helped you know that? Oh my gosh. Uh, You know, since lemonade stands and, you know, selling baseball cards when I was a kid, just like a lot of people, I, I really knew Alan when I was at Penn State Altoona my first year and I didn't know what I was going to do. I was dealing with some family problems at the time. My dad had just been indicted uh, by the federal government. So I was like, oh my gosh, I need to start making some money. So what was the highest degree that I could possibly get salary-wise? Petroleum engineering, right? So I was like, oh, let me go in these engineering classes. And I slowly found out that this is not what I want to do because I was like pretty much like wanting to like sell these things and like create my own engineering company, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, no, you can't do that. You got to learn the basics. And it was very mundane and boring. No offense to the engineers out there. It's just, I knew that very early on, I wanted to really, you know, public speaking wise, sales, branding, that was really my true calling. And I think that if I was doing petroleum engineering, I would really not have my full potential as a human being. It's funny how people are attracted to and enjoy different industries because the petroleum engineers, my guess is, a lot of them would be like, what is he talking about? This is the coolest job ever. And it's like, and I'm with you. I, yeah, I have no interest. I'd just rather talk to somebody or build something. I don't know. Yeah. In my opinion, man, it's like, listen, like, because my stepbrother, he's an engineer and his mm-hmm. fiance works at NASA in SpaceX. Jeez. He works at a company called Aerojet Rocketdyne. It's crazy, right? And they love what they do and they're very social people. But for me, it, you know, I get so much more passion and, and fun and just more enjoyment out of my day when I'm doing stuff like this, when I'm making reels on Instagram, when I'm, you know, we do a lot of virtual tours and videos in my business. 
And it just, it, it really fuels me as a passion. And uh, I think you got to find that early on to get to that next level and then double down on that as a uh, you know, business. For sure. I know that you are passionate about the real estate industry. What are you seeing out there? What are you kind of looking at? What is your background in? Let's, let's chat about that for a bit. Yeah, for sure. So a very, you know, green real estate investor. I really invested a good majority of my property, Alan, last year. And I'm talking 2021, not 2022, but I bought about what three homes totaling about a million dollars in real estate. And mm-hmm. I can talk about how I did that mm-hmm. very honestly. So the first one really I partnered with my business partner. And it was just like a typical, you know, I live in the master bedroom, master bedroom, I rent everything out. Yeah. I was actually able to command of what was it? $1,000 for the basement. This is a newly renovated house, right? So four floors, fifth floor is a rooftop. So basement was like $1,000. The second floor was about $750 a pop for both rooms. So that's what, $2,500. And then the mortgage was like $1,500 with you, you know, utilities and whatnot. So with splitting the profits 50-50, I actually was getting paid about $250 a month to live in that property. And now uh, my business partner and I, we make about, I'd say, at least $700 a month on that property. Second property I was able to get, and these are all single family homes, by the way. I just paid like 20% down, had a fat chunk of change just you know, from my crypto liquidations, put that aside. And then the third property, I said, okay, I'm living on this first property. Let me move house hack. And I pretty much just did the same thing with the third property like I did with the first property. So I'm in Philadelphia, you know, big city, you know, prices are really expensive right now. So I'm looking, Alan, very transparently in like Tulum, more properties in Puerto Rico and Florida and Texas, actually. So we can kind of get into that. But those are the, the big areas that I'm looking to invest in this year. I just like this model of being able to, you know, produce some cash flow from your residents. One thing that I've learned is in rare circumstances, is the property that you live in the traditional form of an asset, right? Because it's not usually producing cash flow. Now, you do get tax benefits. You know, a lot of cases, almost all cases, it will appreciate over time if you're going to hold it, but it's not producing cash flow unless you do something like what you did. When you purchased your second property, Sean, were you able to use the income from that first one to help qualify for it? Absolutely. And I'm a big believer in the Grant Cardone philosophy, where if you're going to make some sort of purchase, you know, whether it be jewelry or another property, what have you, I like to do this with my passive money, not necessarily, you know, my my earned money or like a normal salary, you know, wage that I would get monthly. So a good majority of the down payment that I put for that second property was from the income for the first property that I got, even though I was making like 250. The second property I got was very, very inexpensive, and I actually got a really good deal on it. So I was able to, you know, not take too much money for the renovations uh, after I actually closed on it out of my pocket for that second property. So it, it was a really interesting uh, thing. But I, you know, to new investors out there, it's it's so important to get your hands dirty and really understand what you're working with here. So it's very wise to do a house hacking model where you can see your tenants firsthand of how they are, how they operate, what issues do you have? You know, it's not a bad idea to get some tools and, you know, do some miscellaneous repairs here and there just to learn how it works. So I feel like from an investment standpoint, a lot of kids are just trying to make fast money Mm -hmm. and then they actually end up losing money because 
They're paying too much out of pocket for repairs. They aren't afraid to get their hands dirty. And they're just trying to get a very, very fast and big return when they should be doing the opposite of just learning the game first properly and having that longer term mindset to get you know as much wealth as you can. I like this idea of kind of parlaying your income, this passive income into other investments. I mean, money's easy come, easy go. It really is. So if you know you have a windfall, that's why we see a lot of lottery winners that end up going bankrupt shortly after because it came too easy for them. But if you're in the hustle, you're in there grinding it out, even doing some of your own repairs and you're learning the business. And then that last thing, you're adding what you're that passive income. You're not going out and buying debt or, you know, doing something that gets you further into debt, I should say. And nobody likes talking about that because it's not super sexy. Right. It's not sexy that, hey, it's 250 bucks a month that I'm going to parlay into another investment. But then you do that enough. That's how you really scale something in business generally. But, you know, specifically with real estate, you can really. But I talk to young kids all the time and they're like, yeah, man, I want to own a 200 unit apartment complex. It's like, dude, you got to walk before you run and you have to learn stuff. No one's going to. Sorry, but unless you, you know your dad's going to fund you or whatever, you're not yeah. going to find those funds in order to do those deals. And the guys that are doing them, they started somewhere. Yeah. And what's funny about that is I'm just getting into multifamily this year. Just. Like I haven't bought any duplexes yet. The only properties I really have, I have three houses and I have two condos. One that I'm actually in right now, which is my Philly location. And then the one in Puerto Rico that we were talking about. And yeah, to your point, I mean... You know, I think it's so important to get a strategy down of like, okay, you're first getting into the game. Single family homes are a great way to do that. Learn the single family game and then almost reinvent your way of thinking by doing multifamily. But you can't do multifamily to your point unless you get the single family game down. Because I'll tell you an example really quickly. When I was doing single family, I saw a guy about my age. He actually might have been younger than I was. And I saw him on social media and he was like, oh, you know, I'm you know, buying this like, you know, quadplex in, in Philly. I'm going to run a bit. I'm like this MF. I mean, this guy, like, you know, I'm better than him. I can speak better than him, blah, blah, blah. Like my content's better, all this kind of stuff. And I started judging him and saying, I need to go after this. But I started to really think, why am I trying to go after this? Not only does he probably have more experience, maybe more money and more skin in the game, but how about I just stick to what I know and what I'm good at? I'm making a profit now. And I'm doing very well. So let's continue what got us to uh, the game and what got us successful in the first part and scale that, continue that, get those profits and put them into something new when you reinvest that mindset. So yeah, it's I totally agree with what you said. I mean, you bring up a good point where when you start with single family or you start somewhere smaller, there's a couple of benefits to that. One is, you know, your risk isn't that great. If you... I bought two houses, my first two houses that I bought at the worst possible time in my life, the the entire time I've been alive, that was the worst time to buy them. And now I'm doing great on both of them. And what that goes to show is real estate is a great long-term investment. If you have a long-term perspective, it's really tough to lose in real estate. And if you start smaller, your risk is smaller, even though it's relatively low already you kind of figure it out and then you build on it. And as you, with real estate, one thing that I've learned is like, I'm able to do quite a few different things 
because I've, I have years of experience with, you know, just learning one thing on top of another, as opposed to, you know, this sounds ridiculous, but I have a single family home. And then my next property is a skyscraper in Manhattan. And that's just to show kind of the point, right? Like, I think this is a great model and young kids, like, you know, people in their early to late twenties, they're very interested in crypto. They're very interested in real estate. And let's say that you have a fixed amount to invest, Sean, where do you put it? Those are your two options. I knew this question was coming. So I would probably honestly, Alan, put at least 85 to 90% in real estate. And then I would put the other 10% in crypto. The reason I'm doing this, and I'll kind of rehash what Dave Ramsey said, and Mm -hmm. it's genius. He says, if you were to total up your investments, the percentage of your investments in a certain vehicle, crypto, real estate, whatever it would be, needs to match the percentage of knowledge that you have in that vehicle. So Hmm. I'll say that again. So the percentage of assets that you have, the vehicle, whether it be real estate, crypto, what have you, needs to match equally with the percentage of knowledge that you have for that investment vehicle. So I know a good majority about real estate investing. I'd say about, you know, it's pretty much all of it, right? I know stocks and stuff like that. I know a decent amount of crypto. I know the potential it has, but with hmm. all these scams going on and all these brokerages going bankrupt because of, you know, all these all these scams, I'm not as, I would say, you know, excited to invest in crypto. I'd much rather do it in real estate, but that's only because I know that much more in real estate at the end of the day. I really like that thought. And I'm not a huge Dave Ramsey fan. I agree with him on some stuff, disagree on others, but I that's a really good point that you know, if you look at your entire investment portfolio across all of your assets, you should break it down based off of the knowledge that you have in any particular area. I think that's and you know what's funny is that I've never really thought about it that much. And I've never really like gone out and purposefully attacked that strategy. But if I look at my portfolio of the businesses that I own, stocks, crypto, real estate, whatever, it's probably pretty close to, you know, the areas that I know, you know, corresponding to the percentage that I know about in those different asset categories. That's interesting. That's a really good thought. How old are you, Sean? Give me an idea just for the listeners kind of how old you are and tell me about where you plan to be in the next five or 10 years. So I just turned 25 and right now, so I really spend my time doing two things, Momentum 360, which is our virtual tour company. We're franchising that. So I'd love to have that be, I'd say an eight figure company. We're already at seven, but if we can scale that by the end of the decade to eight figures, that'd be great. Potentially sell and then take all that money. And then the second thing I do on a daily basis is real estate investing. So finding different deals, you know, I haven't done any flips, but I, potentially like to do that for uh, some more cash flow. But a good majority of my time is going to be spent allocated more towards real estate investing. And I already have a seven-figure portfolio. I'd really love to scale that to eight figures as well by the time I'm, I'm about 30. So I'm one of these guys where I'm really never complacent with where I am. I'm tr- I try to instill that in my team and contractors, directors, every, everyone that I work with to have that same mindset. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you've got this incredible start. I don't really like... I asked you your age, but it wasn't for the listener to compare or not compare to you per se, right? It's more of a, just put things in context because however old you are, 
you know, the best time to start was like what, 20 years ago, right? The second best time is right now, right? That old proverb or whatever. I mean, that's awesome. You, and I know I just said that people shouldn't compare themselves, but you are light years ahead of where I was at 25. And I think a big part of it is where we are on our personal journey. Money's really funny because it follows natural laws. I talk about them all the time. I talk about how money has laws, just like the law of gravity, right? Climb a ladder and drop a pin down. You know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to fall to the ground. Money works a lot like that. And one of the laws that I believe that money follows is you're never going to get to a point where your amount of wealth supersedes where you have progressed individually. Now, there are people that hit the lottery or whatever. There's a windfall. They get an inheritance. Setting those things aside, if you're building your wealth, you're never going to get to a point in financial prosperity that is above your current personal development. I truly believe that. And so then how do you get wealthy? You develop as a person. And yeah. I mean, Sean's a really good example, dude. You're, you're a really good example of this, of how you're piecing some businesses together. And that's fantastic. As we're wrapping up here, what's the process for you deciding how you spend your time between the different projects, real estate that you have going on, your businesses, things like that? That's a good question. I mean, I like to think about it like this. I believe that you should have people like to say, oh, you know, you need to get, you know, it's the seven streams of income to be a millionaire. Like that's what the average millionaire has. That's what the average millionaire has now after they made their millions, right? This is like how they're, they're scaling and hmm. keeping that wealth. I think it's really important to have one active thing. So for instance, momentum, that's my active thing that I'm doing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I have enough time, fortunately, where I have a great team in place where I can do something passive as well. And and people might argue, oh, real estate's more active, not necessarily passive. But for investing, it's, for me, more passive. So I have the time to sit and do research on properties. If I need to talk to a certain PM about, you know, this repair that needs done, blah, 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 new tenants in place, et cetera, I have time for that. So good majority of my time, I'd say about 80% of my days spent with uh, momentum and then the other 20% is really spent with like my real estate portfolio, maintaining that and growing it. But I think, you know, as young people, everyone wants to do everything and you only have such a finite time in the day. So it's really important to stick to one active thing. And if you're going to do it forever, you know, (laughs) you're not going to have any issue with that because, you know, if you're doing something for a long time, you know, you're only going to compound and you're eventually going to get to where you're going to go. So the first thing is finding your passion, then that vehicle, of how you can provide value in the marketplace and don't get shiny object syndrome. Just really focus on what you're trying to do and you'll slowly get there. And then you can start to really invest in all these other things we're talking about and diversify your your wealth. Yeah, that's such a great point. I talk about it quite a bit. You know, the shiny object syndrome that entrepreneurs, we just have, right? We love finding the next idea or whatever. So that, but that's great advice. Stick to one thing until it is self-sufficient, once it can operate or even grow on its own, then you can you know, diversify and get into some other stuff. Well, this has been awesome, Sean. Where can people reach out to you if they have a question about all the things that you're accomplishing? Yeah. So I wanted to give an unprecedented offer, Alan. This is for you as well, my man. But if you guys would like one free Instagram reel, TikTok, YouTube, short, whatever it is, hit me up. Go to MomentumVirtualTours.com. Fill out one of our forms, hit me up, say, oh, I found you on the Alan Draper Show and podcast, and we'll get you your free Instagram reel, Hermosi style, 
we'll get you some more buzz on uh, social. Love it, man. Well, I appreciate your time today, Sean. Best of luck in the future. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it, buddy. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember, we build the future one entrepreneur at a time.